This week's episode is a recording of a conversation produced by Tiffany Earle and Anelody Milne, the founders of Lemmy. We've done our best to enhance the audio of the 20-year-old conference call. While the sound may not be the best, the content is a classic. All right, today's call is the content and our focus is about the art of communication and very specifically the art of asking questions. It impacts us in our relationship with our spouses, with our children, with our students, with those we mentor, with everyone we work with in our community. The ability to communicate is vital with our ability to impact others with our mentoring. And we're excited about today's content, and it's such a good review. When Anani and I reviewed what we're, we're discussing, it's so wonderful to be able to take a look at our own relationships and say, yeah, oh, my gosh, I so need this right now. It's, I'm like, yeah, oh, gosh, I really make that mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's such, it's so nice to review this each year and remind ourselves how to, um, take our relationships to a level of trust and productivity and um, a feeling of being inspired in the relationships that we're in. Now, let me ask you, have you ever been in a conversation with uh, with someone and the conversation just did not go the way you had planned? Or have you ever been in a conversation with someone when you feel like it's just a one-way road, it got dammed up somewhere and you were not heard? Or have you ever been in a group of people and people are chatting, 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 and you're listening and hearing what they're saying and you're connecting and you're excited about what they're saying, but when it comes time for them to hear and listen to you, something happened. It, it, it just, it, you didn't get communicated. Your thoughts or feelings didn't get communicated and, and maybe you're feeling a little uh, lost. Or, have you been in a conversation with someone that you feel like, wow, I that was the greatest conversation I have had in a long time. I feel like I know that person so well and, and he or she knows me so well. Or you uh, come away from a group, you just have this amazing aha because of the synergy that happened in that in that classroom or in that in that uh, group, and you feel like, wow, it's changed my life. I can do something great with my life because now I have a new understanding. Isn't that an amazing place to be, Tiffany? It is. I I love it when I have a friend. I, you know, sometimes that happens in a group setting. Sometimes it can even happen one-on-one that you have an aha, and, you know, it takes a and that's going to be specifically part of what we talk about. It, it's an art when you have a friend or a mentor who can actually lead you to ahas that, yeah. that have real impact in your life. And I think the really key here, and we're going to get there, but I think the key here is is, is the art of asking. So we're going to talk a little bit about the art of asking. I wanted to share something with you, though. Um, I have a tendency to um, ask big questions. And sometimes there are no, there are no, there's no one specific place I can go to find the answer. Sometimes it takes a, a year to find the answer of it and to it. And and I, in my pondering, I will keep asking the question, 
what does that look like? Or why is this this way? And I, and I get to the place where I really feel like I have to know the answer to it in order to get to the next step of my life. And I have discovered that, like I said, not one place is going to give me the answer to that question. And I have discovered that if I listen very carefully to the people around me and to my friends and associates and just neighbors, people people who are, are maybe asking the exact same question, that I will eventually come to the answers to the question that I'm that I'm pondering and looking at. In fact, this year, I started out the beginning of this year with a huge question in my mind. And I'm not going to go into detail to explain the question. But what I want to explain is that it took probably 15 conversations with people for me to finally come to an understanding of of the answer to the question. And all of a sudden, last week, in one conversation with a friend of mine, all of those conversations that I had for the last year came crashing in on me, and I started to have complete understanding, and the question was answered, and I knew exactly what to do. Wow. So part of what you're saying here, Nelody, is is in in our search for the way we want to live, sometimes it just doesn't happen all at once. I agree with you. I remember being on a three-year search, a question I had about, I mean, it's a pretty good question, (laughs) about how to raise the children and and what the difference was between the agency model and the force model. And it was a three-year search Mm -hmm. before I had a really specific understanding of, of the form that I was trying to study. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, and what I've discovered is that lots of times, see, you're asking the question, what's the difference between the force model and the agency, and agency model, right? Well, you could well that's not what that. I was asking, though. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had to that one, but yeah. yeah let's, let's just go there for a minute. Uh, you could have read Dr. Suzuki, and he could have told you, and he probably did, and you probably did, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but you still have the question in your mind. He answered a lot of questions for you. You still have the question in your mind because you had to apply it to yourself, right? So you yeah. could have gone to John Holt, and he could have told you, and he probably did, and you probably did, right? Yeah. But you still had to apply it. So I could have given you ten books to go to to find the difference, and you probably would have read them. But in order to really find application for it, you needed to have people in your life who helped you come to the understanding, right? Maybe, oh, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe a wonderful relationship. Cool. Yeah, maybe a wonderful, wonderful relationship with someone who has been implementing the ideas, and you were able to see how she did it, or you were able to see how he did it, or uh, you maybe just had to have it placed in your in your heart, and you needed to have a relationship with God to help you build trust in the things that you've been hearing. Right? It all came down to you had to, you had a need, you had an absolute need. That needed yes. to be fulfilled, and the only way you could have that need filled is through some kind of meaningful communication. Right, and, and in fact, to... that's the fifth level is, is the communication of needs. And in 
we can go through all five of these because you're right, that that was where it is. is right. Let's talk about those five five levels. Okay. All of us in this world have needs, and that is the last level. All of us have needs, and there's no way to avoid it. That's the last level. We will not have um, our needs met until we can understand these levels. The first level is the level of cliches. When we communicate in cliches, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, it's such a beautiful day outside. What great weather we're having. Cliches. People uh, say them all the time. You, you hear them going down the street. Shakespeare actually coined many of the cliches we use. But they, they don't have a lot of meaning in them. Okay? Um, and, and that's how you get to know a person, actually. Oh, hi. It's good to meet you. My name is. Those are all cliches. Okay? Um, then the next level is facts. The, the communication of facts. I heard the the um, weatherman said that we're going to have snow. I I I hope it's not too cold. Okay. Um, or level of fact. Uh, in the newspaper today, it said that um, we had a hearing a a, a ruling on the homeschool. In Cal- on homeschooling in California. It was very interesting. Why well, should go find out what that is all about? Communication of fact. I'm not talking about what you think of the fact. I'm just talking about a fact. Okay? Lots of people go straight from communicating, oh, I heard that there was this ruling in California and it was... Um, it said that you had to be a credential teacher in order for you to teach your children at home. Don't you think that's awful? That is a communication of opinion, which is the third level. Okay, when we come to the level of opinion, you need to be very careful when you're uh, communicating facts because lots of times we infer our opinions. And if we are talking to somebody who doesn't want to go there with us, they're going to immediately throw up all kinds of walls. If we are just trying to have a nice conversation with someone, we can communicate all kinds of facts and just have a nice little conversation. Now, if we decide to go to the... Uh, at the at the third level of opinion, we have an opportunity. We call this the door of opportunity. And if you decide to go to the door of opportunity, we change our conversation from conversation to discussion if we decide to go through the door of opportunity, okay? Right, and and there's three options that happen here because at the door of opportunity, it can actually turn into, if you write on your paper, door of opportunity and put three arrows under it because it will go one of three ways depending on both people participating. In the level of opinion, if we are talking to someone who, and and all of us have relationships like this and have people in our life, and so I I think each of us can relate. Um, Sometimes there will be people who have an opinion and won't hear anyone else's, that their opinion is right and that's all the way, that's all there is to it. 
is this the right way to look at it? I'm saying my opinion. This is the way that it is. And there's no room for discussion about another option. If there is, we're going to argue. And what happens if, if any of us are talking to someone like that, or if we are like that, um, they can go to conflict if the other person actually states an opinion that is different. It can immediately go to conflict. And because then it becomes contrary. Right. It can go right into contrary. If one of the two parties is not open to changing their minds, if they are just right and that's all the way there is to it, even if the other party is very open to actually saying, let's look at it both ways or whatever, if one party is not willing to, it goes to conflict. Now, if you find that you're talking to someone who is like that, and they're usually just like that until their character changes, okay? They won't allow someone else to have a different opinion on whatever they're discussing. The, the way they see it is, is the right way, and that's all there is to it. Um, we don't have to have conflict. We can choose to move into the third arrow, okay? The first one is conflict. The third arrow under opportunity is called listening. And we're going to talk all about that. just want to name listening right now. We'll go into... Um, to, to what that looks like in a second. We can actually listen and understand the person's opinion and have them feel heard. It doesn't have to go to conflict. But sometimes those people, they're they're used to both types of energy being listened to and conflict, and they can do both. And, and right. it, it, you, do you know what I mean, Anelody? Right. Yes, exactly. They, they're used to both because a lot of people have different opinions and they're used to, to having conflict. Or, right. and then they're used to just getting on top of it and and um, the person they're talking to will usually um, move to a place of just listening right. or not wanting to talk anymore. <laughs> right. The middle one under um, the door of opportunity is actually an opportunity. We call it opportunity, and it goes to two different places. Um, it's an opportunity to really hear the other person and understand the other person, and we just put a big, the big word, ask because we're going to go into the art of asking. And that's when you are discovering um, on a deeper level what the person that you're talking to is feeling or needing. It's going into where they are sharing their feelings and they are communicating their needs. And there is a way that we, as the other part of the the conversation, can help them um, to help meet their needs. Right. And that's one place opportunity to go. The other one is if it's your, if you are doing the one who has something to communicate and you're going to share your feelings, you're going to communicate about your needs. And, and that's so that, when you're that, using a tell. That's when you're, so, so you're, you're, you're doing a dance here. You know, if, if, if the both of you are having a place where you want to go to a place of synergy, and they want to be understood, and you want to be understood because you both have a need to be understood. You're, good, you're doing a dance of ask and tell, ask and tell, ask and tell. But there may be just a time when you feel that the person you're talking to just needs to have their needs, their their needs be heard, and that's okay too. That's and, right. And that, in fact, in fact, that leads us to the thrust of of what we're talking about which is an art of navigating through questions and and helping someone find out to know themselves better sometimes is what it is. 
That's right. So let's introduce those, the last two levels, um, and then we'll go back to the door of opportunity, which is what we're going to spend most of our time, time on today. So the fourth level is <clears throat> the, the communication of feelings. Yep, sharing and feelings. Sharing your feelings. When, when you really, because those are, that, that's your real true self, when you really can, can get in touch with what you're feeling. And, and, and that can be a very vulnerable place. A lot of times for men, it's difficult to even get there because, um, you know, it's, it's not the macho thing to, to, to feel. But, um, not at all men. I'm just, I'm just generalizing, of course. Uh, some women have the exact same problem. Uh, it's, it's a place where you have the only way, way you can really get to the place of sharing your feelings is if you are in an environment of trust. And you can only be in an environment of trust is if you've walked through the door of opportunity together and it hasn't been a door of conflict. You will never get to that next place if it's not been, if it, if it hasn't looked like a door of opportunity. Okay, and the very last uh, level is the communication or the sharing of needs or the meeting of needs, where your needs have been met. And you can actually talk about needs. You know, some I appreciate, I remember having a conversation with when I sat across the desk of Dr. DeMille, and I started to share something, and he, he I don't know how he learned it, but he just looked right up at me and he said, Tiffany, do you... Um, need me to be a friend right now and listen to you, or do you want me to be a mentor and help you solve it? <laughs> and I quickly did a self-check because um, I did a self-check. What what is it I really want him for right now? You know, do do I need his understanding to help me solve this, or do I just need to be heard? And yeah. I quickly checked myself and I said, I made I made a choice. I said, I I needed to be my mentor. He said, okay, just needed to check. Because <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Because there's times in a conversation where we've got someone who's talking and we're sitting there trying to solve their problem because we know how to solve it, but that's not what they want. Yeah, yeah. And you know what they I think? We heard. There are some people who cannot be mentored. In my opinion, um, being mentored is actually going straight to needs. It really is because um, you need information or you need a, a, a problem solved or you need to know where to go next, right? And some mentors um, have this amazing art that they can go straight through the door of opportunity. They can hear you. Can They can listen to you. They can you, – you express your feeling, and as soon as you get to that that feeling, there's this beautiful uh, um, synergy that happens between the two of you, and then they can nail what you need. Okay? There are other mentors who just say, "Tell me what you need, and I'll tell you what I'll I'll tell you what you know. Tell me what your needs are, and I'll tell you what to do." And some sometimes you have to just go with that, right? Yeah. If you're trying to be mentored, you just have to go with. I have a need and, and they have the answer and I don't, and he doesn't want to take time or she doesn't want to take time with me to do this dance. Well, well, and well, here's something else though. Um, usually the mentor, the reason why they're your mentor is because they can actually see the real need and oftentimes in a mentorial relationship, the mentee doesn't know their real need. 
Exactly. Honestly. Exactly. Honestly, some, one time, sometimes the job of the mentor is to say, here's what it is you need. Because right. when we get to the place and opportunity where, you know, we've got the thing over here where we're going to ask or where we have need, okay? Um, there's three things we have to do. If, say, I want to have a conversation with my husband and there's been something and we need to communicate about it. There's three things that should happen first if I hope it's going to go well. Are you talking about when we're at the when we're at the third level and the door door of opportunity? Yes, yes. This okay. Is an okay. So, let's, um, so let's say we're we backed up. We're, we're we're going to the door of opportunity, and we're gonna we have three things we have to do. Okay. Yes, there's three things we have to do when we're going to go communicate something to someone. The first thing is to quiet ourselves and know ourselves, and that's what Oliver did to me right then when he said to me. Tiffany, do you need me to listen to you right now as a friend, or do you want me to actually tell you what your need is? You know what I mean? Help you mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, he, what he did is he made me quiet myself and know myself. And, and he asked you to go there, and you know what, Tiffany? You were willing to do it. Some right. people don't. Right. Yes, it, some people it's not easy to do this step. But if yeah, ever we're going to talk to a child or a student or our spouse, and we're specifically going to go have a conversation about something, this is should always be done first. To it's really know, done. yeah. You're exactly right. You know, um, whenever we had that call uh, several uh, months ago on the different levels of, of um, vibration that we vibrate at, and we talked about how um, anything over a 200 was a positive vibration and anything under a 200 was a, was a negative vibration, Right, like shame, guilt, fear, pride, blame. Yeah, all right. of that is a negative vibration, right? So so here's the thing. You can get into a situation, you can come to that this door of opportunity, and if you don't quiet yourself, you may go straight to the level of pride, which gives you all kinds of criticism and judgment against this person, and you will never really able be able to hear the person because you're criticizing and judging because you're prideful. And and what it does is it moves you, this is really important, it moves you into a place of proof. Yo-Yo Ma explains this so well. Yo-Yo Ma plays the cello. He's a I musician. Tell you have to tell about it. You have to tell okay. about it. All right. <laughs> I'm so was, thankful you've introduced me to Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> I was a, I'm a cello teacher, and so I, and I'm always looking for things to inspire my students. And so I was cruising the internet the other day, and you guys are welcome to do this. I was cruising the internet. Internet. I happen to love Yo-Yo Ma. He's one of my favorite performers. I've really never. I read a, a few short clips of biographies of him. Never really uh, heard him speak, but I've heard him play a ton. And um, I listen almost every new album that comes out. I own it because I love it. And uh, one day, uh, the other day, I was just asking myself, why do I love him? Why is, you know, there are many other cellists out there who could be loved, who are just as good. And so I, I was asking myself, what, if, what does he do that's unique to me? Why, why is it that everything he plays just pierces my heart? And so I went on the Internet to look, and I discovered a clip on YouTube that really, really explained things to me. He told the story... Um, he, uh, they showed this clip of him playing at seven years old, 
in, in uh, the Carnegie, I'm sorry, the Kennedy Center. Well, it was a fundraiser for the Kennedy Center. He was called by Washington, D.C., and um, he was playing for President Kennedy and his wife. And you, um, he, he's seven years old. He walks out on stage just like a great performer. He sits down and he plays this really cute piece. You know, it wasn't anything terribly advanced, but, you know, he's seven years old. What can you expect? But it was, you know, this air of, you know, I have something to give you. And, and it made him a great performer. So, um, and then they show this clip of him talking. And he said, you know, when I was a young kid, I was untouchable. I, no, I, I was unshakable. Nobody could tell me I was good or bad. And it didn't really matter, you know. I, I was nerves of steel. I'd walk out. I'd do my thing, and I'd walk off, and I said, okay, it's over. Let's go. He said, but um, when I was 16 years old, I, I, learned, I met Isaac Stern, and Isaac Stern came to me and said, uh, we want to do this series of concerts in Carnegie Hall, and we want to know if you want to be part of us. And he's thinking, wow, amazing opportunity. He said, but the problem is I had been exposed to the hierarchy of judges. And, and it became about himself and that he had to prove himself. Yeah. He said, I, I was in a place of having to prove myself. And he says, I... And it shook him. It, it shook me. And he said, Isaac Stern was, an ama- was a great mentor to me and opened many, many doors for me. But he said, it was so painful to perform because I was always shaken. I was always scared. I was always... So I was trying to prove they thinking of me. I was having to prove myself. He said... um, then I started to work with this um, young man. His name was um, Bobby McFerrin. Maybe some of you are familiar with the CD they've cut. It is delightful. It's the funnest CD. And Bobby McFerrin is a, a vocalist. He says, I, I started working with Bobby McFerrin. And Bobby said to me one time when we were, when we were um, playing, he said, you know, you just got to be yourself. You just got to. You just got to be okay with who you are. And William Ma said all of a sudden he understood. It had nothing to do with I have something to prove. It says I realize I have something to share. I don't have anything to prove. I have something to share. And please, can, can I please share it? I probably am not going to use the right vocabulary. And, and I probably am not going to say it in the words that you want to hear it. But can I just please share? I have something to share. And then it shows this clip of him playing with Prague Symphony. And he, the music starts out in this minor key and it's gloomy and he's hunched over his cello and he's digging into it and, and, and it comes to a beautiful resolution, this concerto. At the very end, it comes to this, uh, major melodic chord and you can feel the music making this this uh, full circle from from depression and gloom to some kind of uh, a message of hope and and you could you see yo-yo ma lifting his head he looks up into heaven and there's tears streaming down his eyes got this beautiful smile on his face and he's pulling his bow out as far as it will go. 
and he's just milking the vibrato to the very last piece, the very last note that he can pull out on the edge of that bow. There's this moment of silence. He's communicated to me, and my heart is moved to a place of joy and love. That's the place we want to be in our communications with each other. And it all has to do with we don't have something to prove. We don't have to. We don't have to prove anything. If we could just go to a place of sharing, sharing what we know, sharing what we we feel. The only way we can do that is if the listener is willing to go there with you. And if you're willing to go, and you have to know how to, you have to know how to sense that. So you have to, we, we talked about the three things you have to do. First, you have to quiet yourself and know yourself. Billy O'Neill finally got to a place where he could quiet himself and say, oh, I know what it is. I have something to share. Then you That's have to make second. a decision. Yeah. Yes, then you have to make a decision. You have to make this decision. Will I go to a place of trust? Will, will I, I share myself or am I going to prove myself? That's where you make the decision of am I going to have the attitude of proving or am I going to have the attitude of sharing? We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. And you actually make the decision. And this is a real place of humility. This is the true place of humility. You have to decide, am I going to let down my pride? Am I going to admit when I'm wrong? Or am I going to just, you know, give all the excuses and stay in the place of pride? You could, you can do that. Yep. And then three, what happens is once you know yourself and have chosen to share is you can now share opinions and feelings and needs. Right. And And you can walk through the door of opportunity. You can actually walk through it. And, and Tiffany and I want to talk, about, talk to you about what it feels like. We've talked about if you go to that, if you go to that door of, of a, if you go to opinions, you can have conflict. It can be a door of conflict and you can just be conflicting all you want, right? And it can just be damned up and stopped. You can do that and you, and, and you can live your life that way. And you can have half, your con- half of your conversations like that, okay? You can. But we want to talk specifically about what it feels like to walk through the door of opportunity successfully. You know, it's it's when you say what it feels like, it's really it's really amazing. I as as we discussed um, this content and what we wanted to cover today and I realized, you know, I there's a lot of people who will who come up to my family. I have a really large family. Um, Lots of brothers and sisters, um, 
I have a large family, and lots of people will come up to us and say, there's something about your family that's grabbed my attention. When I watch you guys together, and this has happened from the time I was little, um, all our life, my brothers and sisters and I, all our life growing up, friends would flock at our home. And when we would do family activities and family home evening and, and things like this, we always had lots of friends who joined us. Um, who, whichever one of us was the youth and the teenager in the home, we, those were the friends that would often be with us. And um, they were as part of our family culture to invite them in and let them be part of us in these activities. And um, so, and always people would say, "There's something about there's something about your family." Well, I realized as we talked about this, that one of the things that, that, that my family does, I was on a, I was on a business call with all my brothers and sisters, my mom and dad, um, yesterday morning. And we, we were, we were discussing a family business that we have and, and we were having a meeting. And before my dad opened up the meeting, my little sister Sarah said, she said, Tiff, how's your dog lady? And, um, she immediately went into um, she she wanted to to know how she was. She was concerned about me and about my dog. And I said, "Oh my gosh, Sarah, you haven't heard." And she said, "Heard what?" And I said, and "She said, and how's her puppies?" I said, "Honey, her her puppies died. They 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 when they were born, they died. They weren't even alive. And Lady died. And my sister immediately." I could hear her. She said, ah! And for five minutes, for five minutes, my whole family listened. They just listened. They listened to me share my feelings about us losing our, our dog this week and what it was like and, and, and how she died and how it was delivering the puppies and, and what happened with the family and, 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 you know, and I was able to share. And they just listened. And they just felt for a minute. And, and, and then we, you know, went into our meeting and I thought, I think that's something, I think that's one of the things why people say there's something about your family, Tiffany. And I realized it was because we share and we listen to each other and we really care. And, um, well, and it, it's a safe place. Yeah, it can be very frustrating though because you may be in a relationship with someone who just doesn't want to share. And you want to share, yeah. And and you will never be heard by them because they don't feel they they aren't willing to know themselves. They aren't willing to look at themselves. And I have discovered something, Tiffany. You remember we talked a little bit about uh, what Mortimer Adler says: the three the three um, jobs of a teacher is to show, and then to ask, and then to tell. And I have realized that. You know, when I show what it is like, the people who don't want to go uh, go there with me, when I show them what it's like to have a good relationship or a good conversation by setting an example first, sometimes they're willing to start going there with me. Yeah. In fact, the, um, when when we're in the opportunity and it's time to listen to someone else and help them, you know, and we go to the ask place, there, there's a way to navigate through the questions. There's an art to this, to actually 
um, hearing somebody and understanding somebody. We um, so let's so let's talk about navigate. Let's talk about that yeah. navigating. What does it feel to navigate through this door? And and I'll I'll give an example of this. Uh, um, at that same family meeting that I was at yesterday, my dad opened up the meeting and and shared. Okay, he started by by sharing something, and I could sense and feel um, that he was just opening the door, and he hadn't just gone right to his feelings or right to his needs. And so what happened is we were now engaging in understanding what he was communicating, and I, on purpose, engaged in asking. And let, me, I, let me point something out here, Tiffany. You, Your father could have said, I have a need, and he could have said, blah, 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 whatever that need was. And everyone else could have said, oh, that's nice, and gone on to something else. But no, you made a decision, Tiffany. You wanted to hear, because just the first time you communicate a need, usually it isn't heard. Some, it usually has to be talked about and, and go through this navigating to really understand what the need is, and you decided to go there. So tell me how you did that. Okay. And in, he he expressed, he said, I have to decide if I'm going to give 100% of my attention to this person over here who, who was part of the business, okay? But it would take, it could take away a little bit of what our family was doing. So he said that. He said, I have to make a really important decision on if I'm going to teach for so-and-so. It will be a huge commitment. That's what he says. And it was going to impact our family. And so we listened. All of us listened. And let me list these four things that happen when we navigate through questions, okay? First of all is we can ask something. We listen. And then here's a choice. If we already know how to sense, then we sense and reiterate what's being said, okay? And, and, and guide through questioning. If we don't know how to sense yet, then we reiterate what's been said and do our best to sense what's really being meant. Oftentimes, we do not say what we mean. And oftentimes, we have to go say lots of things. Yes, it's a cycle. We do it over and over and over. Ask and listen, reiterate and sense, or sense and reiterate. Because could, 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 um, we, as, could we give an example of this, you and I? Yes. Could, could, let, let's start here, okay? I, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to start a conversation, and you're going to try to figure out where I'm going, okay, with me and you. Okay, here we go. Um, wow, I had uh, an interesting experience the other day. Tell me about it. Um, well, I was a really good friend, and he needed some help. But I felt this real... Um, reluctance to, to talk to him. Well, why were you reluctant to talk to him? I was a little bit afraid of him. I think I was a little afraid of him. I actually, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was nervous because, um, well, I'm just thinking maybe I was nervous because, you know, he, he's a, he's a man and, and and, uh, and he was asking for my help, and I didn't feel like I could do that. And 
and you really value his his friendship. Yeah, I really value his friendship. I really do. I'm, you know, I'm thinking that if I had just, you know what I'm really thinking, you know, the experience was, uh, it was interesting because I don't think I handled it very well. We kind of, kind of got into an argument at the end. Yeah. And, and oh, oh I'm so sorry. Oh, I hate it when that happens. I know. You know. I'm trying to figure out how I could have done it differently. What, what, well, what do you think you could have done? Well, I think I know what I did. I, I think I know what I did. This is what he said to me. He said, um, I was disappointed the other day because when you had, when I wanted to talk to you, you weren't available to me. And I needed something to say, and I and I said to him, I know I I probably did this wrong. I said, you made excuses, didn't you? I did, I did. Yeah. I totally said, well, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk to me, and my and my sister wanted to talk to me. She wanted my time, and I. And yeah. Then, so instead of hearing him and saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I should have been there," you made excuses. Mm-hmm. And then he probably matched you. I bet he did. Yeah, that probably exactly went into the blame game. Yeah. Oh, Anility, I'm so sorry. What can I do to fix it? I'm. It's kind of like I don't know. It's so hard with relationships because when water goes past that certain point, you can't retrieve it. <laughs> I hate yeah. to say that. I hate to say that. Sometimes you can't retrieve it. Sometimes it could be months and months. I mean, opportunities come, and sometimes we just really mess them up at the same time. Should I create an opportunity? Yeah, sometimes you can. Yeah. Should I should I call him and say, I am so sorry we had that, that argument? Yeah, you definitely could, especially if it's really on your mind and you feel like you ought to. I'm not exactly sure how to make that happen. Well, and, and part of what you want to do is to make sure some things don't happen. You you don't want to um, you don't want to fall under the temptations of of criticizing or blaming. You really want to move into the place of courage where you admit that you were wrong, and then just do a lot of listening and loving and accepting. I I just think I'm afraid. I do. I think I'm afraid that I'm gonna do it up again. You know what? You know what? You don't have anything to prove, Anelody. You just have something to share. And then you won't be afraid. Okay. All right. I'm going to do it. Thank you. Okay. That That spur-of-the-moment made-up conversation. (laughs) I know, but it's really real. That's how we talk. We yes. we ask, we listen, we hear and reiterate and ask further questions. Um, it was it was really it, it's in conversations when someone is is speaking and and they're get we have to help them get to a need. It's work to navigate through the questions. And my need in that conversation was I I wanted to repair a relationship, but I was afraid to. Yeah, and you needed to externally analyze how you could. Right. 
Some people are external processors. Some people are internal processors and won't have a conversation like that with you no matter what. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's important to understand, too. Like, I process externally. I can do a lot of internal processing, too. But to really come to a head, I've got to process externally. Um, my husband, on the other hand, he can help me process externally. But it is, like, so rare if he processes externally. Externally. <laughs> yeah, he can help me, and, and he knows how to do that. I don't think we could have a great relationship. Um, but he processes internally, and I've had to learn how to just be quiet while Unless he processes. And and does does this art of navigation navigating through this door of questioning does it help him at all? Um. Well, it helps us know the right questions that we are asking. But um, as far as him navigating through the questions when we're asking them, he he just usually has to be quiet. It's different. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to really think about if I do navigating through questions with him. I know that. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now. The right my my husband um, in in our relationship um, is an internal processor too. But I realized, Tiffany, I realized that if I follow this um, ask, yeah, reiterate sense with him, and be humble and teachable, that our our communication really really soars. Because he has feelings, yeah, and it's yeah. just an art. It's just a place of of communicating our feelings, yeah. getting to that place. And he has needs. It has, yeah. and, and it really it, it doesn't matter if I'm an internal processor or external processor. It doesn't matter. It's a communication. Yes, I, I yes, that's absolutely true, and and um, it's true. And and Rick will share his feelings and his needs. He usually will process quietly to figure them out. <laughs> I realize that um, when we get to this place, this, this um, door of opportunity, that sometimes we both have needs. Yes. Have. Sometimes uh, the person speaking just has a need, and I need to listen. Just, you know, like Oliver said to you, is this something I need to listen to you? Because he didn't really have a need. You had a need. And sometimes I have a need, and I need to figure out, how to communicate it, and the only way I can do it is to get them to a place of trust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's look. Let's look at the diagram that we have, and then um, open this up for question and answers. We we've, we've got several lists here. We've got the list of of the five levels of communication: cliche, facts, opinion, sharing of feelings, communication of needs. And then at the level three that goes to the door of opportunity, you've got three ways you can go. You've got conflict um, if one of them is in an argumentative mood and the other one actually shares an opinion that conflicts, okay? And then you've got just listening where you're going to listen to them because they don't allow you to have a different opinion, but you're going to go ahead and, and ask and listen and reiterate and ask and listen and reiterate and and. You know, that can only go so far when they're not open. It's just a certain level that it will be capped at. Right. Or you can go into opportunity where you go into 
understanding them and navigating through questions and leading them to ahas and meeting their needs and feeling their feelings. I'll tell you, there are some people who you can never lead to an aha ever because that's not your job. Your oh, yeah. job is to listen and to and to be their friend and never yep. teach. Right. Never try to purposely teach. Right. But this really is the Socratic method. This is exactly what Socrates was trying to teach, is that if we learn the art of asking, we can teach. Right. Because we can get people to new levels of understanding by just asking. Ask, 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 ask. Well, it was really interesting in in the family business meeting that I was in, when my dad explained the need that he was trying to solve, he said, I have to decide if I'm going to teach to this other person. Um, we listened. I said, Dad, what would that look like? And he told us what it would look like. He said, I, it would look like probably three hours of work every day. It would look like a whole bunch of answering calls for people. It would look like I have to do what I'm teaching, which is another two hours a day. I mean, you know, he told us what it looked like. And I was sensing things as he was talking, okay? I was hearing more than what he was just saying. And I asked a question. I said, I said, Dad, I sense that um, you actually are a little bit frustrated and that you actually also wish that um, some of us would um, be in your class. If you teach that class, you wish some of us would take it. Am I sensing that right, that you're a little bit frustrated that we're not jumping on board? And he said, yes. You're exactly right. He said, I really wish you guys would do this with me. And that was his deeper need. That is a true art, Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, that is what you are definitely good at. <laughs> this is a skill. You know, it's um, a skill to hear what's not Mort- being said, yes. but what Mortimer is being said. Mortimer Adler says the one, the, the, the skill of listening, true listening, we don't teach and, and very few people learn. And I'll and tell he, you, here is what it is. Hear what is meant, not what is said. Do not rely only on the words. You actually have to open yourself up to the feelings, to your intuition, to um, their actions, their body language, their tone of voice. It's all of it. It's all, you have to use all of your senses, not just the words that are said. Very few people communicate what they mean. Right. And that's why we use, we say you reiterate, you don't repeat. Because if you repeat, you're just using that's their, their exact own words. words. Right. You have to own their words and reiterate in your own words what they've said. Right. Because it can get to a place of truer communication if you do that. And with our kids, it is so important. Like my son says, he said, he said, Mom, um, why don't you want me to get a computer right now? He said, I think it's okay. And I said, I don't think you really are asking me to tell you why we don't think it's a good idea for you to buy a computer right now. I think what you're really telling me is you want a computer, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he just looked at me, yeah. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can yeah. sit there. He was saying, why can't I have a computer? He did not mean that. He didn't mean why. He meant, he meant Mom, I need a computer and I want one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so with our children, 
it's so important. It's so important that we actually hear what they mean because we could stay all day long in the cycle of the words and not get anywhere. Yeah. And instead of hearing what, what they mean and, and that's, and, and being okay going, this is what they really mean. When, when she came in and threw down her backpack and slammed the door, she meant something's wrong. My feelings are hurt, and I'm expressing it to you by throwing down my backpack and slamming the door. And now I'm going to go be mean to my little sister and express it even more. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Very good. And okay, these so all, these lists. Oh, what? These are all places. These are all places, you know, in our relationship where, we're, where we are mentor-mentee. Yeah, it's totally fulfilling when we go in to help meeting someone else's needs, just as fulfilling it is when we share. Exactly. They're both really fulfilling. So here we have also the list of of what we do if we're going to engage in the conversation on purpose. Oh, this is important. <laughs> I, want, um, I want to share a conversation I had. I'm not going to to, to name names because some of you might know this uh, person. So, But I want to share this conversation you ha- I had. Just to, to help, I'm, I'm going to give you an, um, a, a vision a little bit about an, a mentoring experience I had last night. I uh, got a phone call, and it was a, a, an acquaintance, a friend, a, a very good friend of mine. And the person on the line said, I'm calling you because you're so liber and you're wise. What do you think he just did to me? I would immediately have a red flag. If somebody said that to me, I would. He was a, he's a really as, good Yeah, as soon really as a friend said that. Yeah, as soon as he someone said that to me. <laughs> okay, what he, he was He was saying to me, I need help. He was. He was yeah. saying, I need help. But I would immediately say to myself, I better start listening and not start spewing. That's the red That's flag. That's exactly what I did. And I said, okay. oh, okay, <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, I, exactly, red flag, something's up. Right, okay. Yes, he doesn't right. mean he wants me to give him all this knowledge. That's not right. He did not That's just right. say what he means. That's right. So okay, said, that red flag. <laughs> no, what's up? And he said, he t- told me some of his feelings, okay? Good. I said, well, you're saying to me this. He said, yes. Very and good. I listened carefully. And he said, but, you know, besides that, let's go here. And, be- and for an hour and a half, for an hour and a half, we did this dance of communication, and I have to tell you, I love this man with all my heart and soul. He has been such a good friend of mine. And finally, at the very end of the conversation, he came to, I just want to know what you think I should do. You know, an hour and a half of this. And I said, well, I, you, you just told me what you're going to do, huh? Yeah, I did. I guess that's what you're going to do then. And and really, all he needed to do was externally process it through it. He really didn't need my my input, although I I did pl- give him a place of trust and an environment of where he could work it out. And all I did was give him an environment of ask, ask, reiterate, ask, ask, reiterate, ask, ask, and he came to. <laughs> He actually told that to you in the first sentence. That's yeah. what I heard when he said, you're liber and you're wise, and so I need you. To me, that was, um, 
I need to externally process and talk and um, make sure I'm on target. <laughs> right. And and Anthony, we did it. All I did, all I did was go through this process. Ask, listen, reiterate, sense. Ask, listen, reiterate, sense. As long as I followed through with that, and of course, you know, it's part of sharing myself. He needed to know I was real and he needed to hear my experiences. So I did some telling of my experiences. Yeah. But he came to his own aha. It was a great opportunity for me to mentor a friend. Yeah. And I had no agenda. And, and I, had, I, really matter. I really had no opinion. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. going to complete these lists for us. We have the one where if we're going to move in the conversation, we, we quiet ourselves and we choose whether or not we're going to prove or share. Sometimes if we've been hurt, then we say, I'm going to stay in this place of hurt and I'm going to prove to them. You know, sometimes we want to choose to stay in that place instead I've of been acting. It's your fault, and there's nothing you yeah. can do to get me off of that. And I'm going to have this conversation. And I'm going to I'm going to show you that you that you were wrong or that you hurt me or whatever. And you know what? Sometimes we are pretty dumb, and we go into conversations with that attitude, <laughs> or we get caught or oh. caught in the conversations with somebody else in that attitude, and we don't know what's happened. We got blind. Oh. Can I just tell you how much I love my husband for this? If his answers are always so soft, he softens me immediately. If I if I'm coming in, he just keeps on answering with soft, 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 and pretty soon I'm soft. And we can be like that. I've learned the art from him that if I get in a conversation with somebody who's in a, an upset place because they haven't taken the time to quiet themselves. They haven't taken the time to say, I'm going to share myself. Instead, I'm going to prove something. Um, I've learned from my husband how to be soft and not match their blaming and um, upsetness. And, it and that's a lot hard. of courage. It takes a it lot does. of courage. You have, to, you have to not be in a place of pride. It does. I remember <clears throat> hearing my grandma tell me a story. Um, her son was married, and the daughter-in-law came over. Very, very explosive woman, okay? And and um, she had a rough background. She saw her parents' um, death when she was 16. She witnessed their death, and it was a murder death. Very, very harsh background. Wonderful, wonderful aunt of mine. And she came over to my grandma, very explosive, <clears throat> stormed through the house, my grandma started coming, <laughs> okay, you know, stomped her way into the living room, started to yell and say, you raised your son wrong and you did this and you did this and you did this and just, you know, totally blaming, yelling, upset. My grandma threw her arms out, <clears throat> reached across the room and hugged my aunt and said, I know you're right. I'm sorry. She just was soft. What could my aunt do? She usually wasn't received that way when she would barge in and start yelling at people. They were usually really defensive. I mean, she couldn't do anything except melt and then become real and share. And and so, so sometimes that's what we do. 
that, that is a that is a true test of character, Tiffany. Because I'll tell you what, the first reaction most people have when someone comes in and yelling at them, they put up all their defenses and they want to start yelling back. Yeah. What an amazing woman that she could be in a place where she could just say, "Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. I'm wrong." <laughs> I I and did work a lot of hours and wasn't there for my son, and I did I'm just admitted everything. <laughs> just was humble. And you know what? That's really hard because yeah. that's just really, really hard. And you yeah. know what? Sometimes it's really, really painful, too, to be able to go to a place of humility well, like that. Sometimes you it's know, hard to be told when you're wrong. Um, I knew that it... You're exactly right. And, and you know what? Sometimes they just want to tell you you're wrong, and you just have to admit you're wrong. And they'll never really truly understand your motive. Yeah, and and it's not a good idea to give excuses at that point. <laughs> it's a good idea to listen at that point. Okay, here's the list of navigating through questions. Asking questions with the hope of really understanding where the other per- what the other person is really meaning. Okay. Some so sometimes you won't ask a question of what the words were, but what you are intuiting that they mean. You can do either one. You can ask according to their words, or you can ask according to all of it. And then listen and sense and reiterate or reiterate and sense again. And there's that list. And um, the the other list that we went through is that there's a level of negative energy when you have guilt, fear, pride, shame, or are blaming and criticizing Um Sometimes we can move into a conversation and take it to a negative place where we are very, very critical, um, and, and and it will have a negative energy. Or we can move into a courage, a courageous place, and an acceptance place. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.